Well, hello, Igor. everybody. Hello, everybody. It is uh, February 15th today. And welcome to Ticket to Rider podcast. I'm Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And we have a lot to talk about today, Stacey. It's been a busy oh. week. You've been you've been under the weather. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I am feeling better. I, I tell you, last couple of days not good. Nice Valentine's Day. You're home alone. We're, that's that's the new that's the new theme for Valentine's Day for me. Home alone. I had but I was home and sick alone. I had my son uh, Sanders here. He left yesterday, but he was here for the weekend. Fortunately, you were you were feeling well on Saturday night. We had a good time on yeah. Saturday night. We went to uh, we had a good time. We went to Helium Comedy Club and saw a uh, comedian named Kelsey Cook. And Kelsey Cook. Kelsey Cook was a she's a beautiful, pretty, pretty lady, but pretty she, girl from Spokane. She, she Spokane, Washington. She comes out and she like the first ten minutes. She's very funny and it's clean, right? And then she says, well, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be on the Tonight Show in a couple of weeks and I had to practice my clean material. Now, <laughs> no, now yeah. I don't have to be clean anymore. And then she was, it was, she was dirty as heck the rest it, of the she time. She was dirty. I, I like that comedian before. He says the first time he slept with the police, uh, obviously, at the police officer, he goes, but... He couldn't choke her out. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> he was funny. Well, His name was Tommy something. He said, people come up to him and he said, you look like a guy who was homeschooled on a yacht. <laughs> on a yacht. He did, really. He had the hair. Yeah, he was like. But then he said, he said he grew up and his dad was a doctor, but he was a doctor with eight kids. He goes, how to make yeah. being a doctor, you know, if you're a doctor with eight kids, you're, you're, you live like, like you're a you like a plumber with one, right? <laughs> I don't think plumbers make more money. It'd be more like maybe a teacher with one kid. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, those guys are funny. It was really funny, huh? He was like the Madoff. He had, he looked like the Madoff. How Madoff slicked, slicked his hair back? That kid, you know, yep. the you know, young Jeffrey Madoff or whatever. Probably. So before before we went to the show, we went to our favorite pizza restaurant, and and I bring this up because you know I read through again these 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 ratings, you know, Portland has five pizzerias in the national top 50 and, and every single one of them, Stacy is on the East side. So if you don't, you know, for, for, for those of you who don't know Portland, there's, there's you know, the, the city's divided East, West, North, and South. And for a time, um, kind of, kind of where I live, which is, which is downtown on the West side was kind of the cool trendy place to live and to eat. And now it's the opposite. Now, now it's the east side. And I yeah. just have to wonder out loud whether our favorite pizza place, Oven and Shaker, isn't on these lists because it's not cool because it's in the Pearl District, which is where like old, you know, middle upper middle class people live as opposed to the east side, yeah. which is where the young hip people live. What yeah. Do, and do, then they put, yeah, I think so. And then they put one down in Lake Oswego, which is like you upper affluent people. So maybe that's why they get snubbed. I don't know, cause you know, I on the on the list of the best pizzerias in America, the top one in Portland is is generally either Ken's Artisan Pizza and a Pizza Shoals. Now I've been to Ken's Artisan Pizza many times, and it's excellent. I have nothing. I have no complaints about Ken's Artisan Pizza. It's great. But given the choice between going to, if I had one more pizza meal in my life, and I could pick the spicy salami pizza at at Oven and Shaker, or what I get at Ken's, which is which is a prosciutto and arugula pizza, I'll take up it and shake her every time. I mean, I don't think I've ever been to Ken's. It's but good. I, I went to a pizza show and, and that was okay. But uh, 
Hubbard and Shaker is good. And plus the waitress is just so beautiful. She's such a beautiful girl. The waitress she had so lovely and kind and didn't bother us, let us do our thing. And I gave her a compliment and she had the most beautiful skin I've ever seen on a woman. She goes, she had to work. She had to work hard at it. She said, yeah, I was like, wow, you're doing a good job. But yeah, the pizza's amazing there. Oh, but, but anyway, oh, so we had that we had, a, we had a good night on on Saturday night um, at Oven and Shaker. We went with with my son Sanders and and uh, with your coworker David, who's a, who's a wonderful, nice man. And um, yeah, uh, David's fantastic. Yeah, even said he's he's gluten free, and they made him a gluten free pizza, and he said that was hey, fantastic. It, I had a slice; it was pretty darn good. Pretty and you know, I'm a vegan, uh, vegan yeah. cheese made out of cashews. Is that right? Yeah, cashew. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Now you were when I first met you. You were you weren't vegan. You were vegetarian when I first met you. I was very vegetarian when I first met you. And you know what, Richard? I, I the other night I had a dinner, a Super Bowl Sunday. I made a little steak. The, the, but the night during the sleep night, I could I was sweating so bad, and I think I might have to go back to being pescatarian, giving up a little just eating fish because man, I was sweating so bad from that meat. And, and that, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's something going on. I have no idea, but I got to figure it out. Well, don't, don't uh, give up the the spicy salami. You have to make. If you I mean, I could have that. Yeah. I could, I could, I could cut out red meat entirely from my diet, except for spicy salami pizzas from oh. Oven and Shaker. That would be. I could keep that as my only red meat. You know, maybe I should do that once a month. I get a spicy salami pizza, and I don't eat any steak or any of that stuff. So I got a bunch of steaks in the refrigerator. I can give them to you and go up there and barbecue them on the rooftop or something. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I never eat steak. The only time I ever eat steak is if, you know, I'm at a fancy restaurant and, and yeah. somebody else is paying for it. I, I, I'm, I'd rather, if I'm going to spend a lot of money on a meal, I'd rather have sushi or yeah. really good Italian yeah. food or, um, I don't know. Well, that's the thing I'm thinking. So I'm going to dinner with my good friend Cal and Mayho tomorrow night. We're going to go to nice. Tabiki. You know Tabiki, Tabiki, Tabuki? It's right down in a pearl someplace. We're going to go there for dinner. I don't, I don't and know. And it's that. all, it's a Japanese place. It's like, you know, so I'm going to have that. And then uh, Friday night, I'm going to dinner with my good friend, one of our good friends, uh, Sonal Dr. Dave. We're going to go to dinner. And we're going to go have dinner at where you used to live, your old uh, building. We're going to go there oh, to um, Piazza Italia. Piazza Italia, and I'm thinking about. I, I've been thinking the whole time. What am I gonna get? And I think I'm gonna try something with a little fish in it, and not get any uh, meat. And then we're gonna take her to have a. Maybe she said if she has energy, we're gonna have a little drink at uh, our favorite little bar right there. Little bar there. Well, that's nice. We'll say hi to to uh, to the good doctor for me. She's she's a lovely. I will say hi to She's a lovely person. She's a lovely. Hey, Rich. I tell you, I've been thinking. I, this is morbid. I, I'm gonna tell you what I've been thinking. And I just want to put it out there, all of our listeners here. I've been thinking, you know, I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, I'm in, I'm 51, you know, life, you know, most of our life expectancy is getting a lot longer. I just read an article, but I said, I got another get 20 years, right? So I, I started thinking today that I got to start figuring out the final, the final days of my life. So I just want to ask you about it. Have you ever, have you thought about it? I'm, I've been thinking about what's going to happen. So I started researching all this stuff, Medicare, Medicare, um, give it, donating your life to science, you know, the body world. So I've been thinking about it, like what to do, right? So I want to get all my things in order. So my family in terms of burial, so my family don't have to deal with it, but it's kind of a morbid thing to think about. But I started thinking about it the last couple of weeks and I'm like, man, I got to get this done. You know, life is short. Have you, have you thought about it or? Oh yeah, no, I'm, 
Stacy, I'm a Jew. I think about it all the time. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, I've met your dad and your dad yeah. is one of the most fit, healthy looking. How, how old your dad? He's in his mid 70s. 76, I think. Yeah. 76. <laughs> He's very fit, Stacy. You're going to be, yeah, around, you're going to be around a lot longer than, than 20 years. And, and, yeah, uh, well, you know, so I hope so it goes downhill. I, I think, I th I yeah, no, you're, 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 you're in great shape and you'll stay in great shape. But I think, you, you know, you've told me, I mean, I work so hard and you've told me we need to go, you know, we start doing this Ryder Cup thing and it's a trip we take. And, and we've taken a, another couple of really good trips. We went to Houston this year. Uh, we yep. went to went skiing in Italy. We went to Morocco. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Stacy, uh, you know, the, the, you are my brother. I, I love you, you know, like the brother I never had. And and the fact that we can travel together and, and just have fun. Uh, we need to do more of this. And need to do more. We do. We do more yeah. of this. I mean, you know, I don't have my kids in the house anymore. I don't have to pay for them anymore. Uh, I don't have to work so hard. You don't have to work yeah. so hard. But I've told you, yeah. and I'm going to tell you on the air in front of all these people, you are too smart not to have an MBA. And you should. Yeah, I agree. You, you are a natural leader, and you should be leading men. And, yes, uh, I and, agree. And and in, in front of all these people, you know, I want to I want to motivate you. We've talked about it for years. Yes, get I got to get it done. Get that executive MBA because yeah. you, you are a natural leader of men. And, yeah, and, and, and I think that's, I, well, thank you, Rich. I love you. Like, you know, the brother that I, you're my you third brother. Brothers. I have two, I have two other brothers, but you're my third brother. And this uh, is, no, and disres I tell, no disrespect to my lovely sister, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, yeah, you're right. And I think, I think you're right. Sometimes in life, I get, I'm thinking about my life, my career. And yes, I need to be a leader of men. And I know that is what I need to do. And I need to get the people. So thanks for inspiring and motivating me. I do. Well, today, motivating us. Yeah, I'm going to motivate you. We need our YouTube channel. But uh, I know uh, we're, we're both busy. Um, but we'll, get, we'll get we need to get that before the majors start. But uh, today, yeah, yeah. today, what we're going to do is, is uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we the two big things kind of in sports in general, the Super Bowl and LeBron James. And then we're going to talk about, I think, both of our one of our, you know, favorite non-major tournaments of the year, which was fantastic this weekend. We're going to talk about Tiger Woods, who's going to play in his first non-major in forever this week. Uh, and then we'll, you know, talk about the other tours. We'll talk about uh, the Ryder Cup standings. And then you're going to give you're going to give your 12 man international team that would take. Oh, am I doing that? Can I do it oh, next week? We can do that. Next I'm week. not ready. OK. OK. Yeah. And then and then. So uh, Netflix had this series uh, a, a year or two ago, they started about Formula One, and it was incredibly popular uh, about, you know, kind of the inner workings of Formula One. And then I think they had a series about tennis. And this year, they had a series about golf. And there was a lot of, of hype that went into this series because they followed like, you know, I don't know, like 12 golfers. And like half of them wound up going to the Live Tour. Like some of the guys that they were closely following were Ian Poulter and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Uh, guys who, uh, uh, Lee Westwood, I think guys who ultimately went to the live tour, but other guys that they followed have been the vehemently anti-live guys like Rory McElroy and Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. And do so, you think Jordan Spieth and those guys and Justin Thomas, they didn't want 
I am 100% positive they didn't want to be followed. But when this live stuff happened, they probably wanted to maybe the PGA Tour maybe encourage them to be followed. What do you What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know. I, I I think that I think that Justin Thomas likes publicity. He actually likes to talk. I don't know yeah. that Jordan does. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, well, he wasn't too shy about gambling on that thing. The thousand dollar card. Yeah. But we're, we'll t- we'll talk about that at the end. So. Uh, so let's first, you know, the biggest event, of course, of the week was the Super Bowl. And let's let's get right down to, to brass tacks. Is uh, a couple questions for you. Right now, 2023, is Patrick Mahomes on the Mount Rushmore of greatest quarterbacks of all time yet? Is he already I don't, is, is he already I don't a, think so. is he already a Hall of Famer if he if he retires today? And is he on the Mount Rushmore if he retires today? Okay. So based on how society and how this game of sports is grading him yes he makes it but i think he gotta win a little more he's won two super bowls he's won two mvps now i think the guy the target is tom brady so i say no i think you gotta get halfway to tom brady's mark to be that next superstar and be that hall of fame so it's interesting you know i've been hearing a lot of People comment on who's their top four quarterbacks of all time, and you know Brady obviously is is everybody's number one. He has to be just from the from the winning. And then you know there are a lot of great quarterbacks. There there are a, a lot of folks. I guess probably the name I've heard most is John Elway. I don't know that I put John Elway on there. I always thought that John Elway kind of kind of came away small in big moments. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think Terry Bradshaw is like probably up in the top five, right? Terry Bradshaw's stats don't make it, but the winning, I mean, he won four Super Bowls. I think, I think Dan Marino is, is, you know, one of the, I think Dan Marino and Joe Montana are two of the most unstoppable, are two of the most unstoppable quarterbacks I've ever seen. And what then, about Dan Fouts? How does he rank in there? Dan Fouts is a hard one because the offense he played for was so insane. And before and after Coriel, he was okay. So, yeah. you know, was he a system quarterback? And I love Dan Fouts. I mean, he's an Oregon guy. And then where, where do you put Peyton? You know, Peyton, you know, won two Super yeah. Bowls, but then his playoff record overall couldn't touch uh, Tom Brady's. You know, it's, 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 it's hard. But, I mean, honestly, I think Patrick Mahomes is trending in that direction. Uh, yeah. He is just – How many, how many, how many uh, quarterbacks have won more than two Super Bowls? Only five, right? Uh, let's see. Tom Brady, Terry yep. Bradshaw, have won yep. more than two, or two, or more than or, two, or have won two. Won more than two. Uh, Eli Manning and Eli's won two. Peyton's won two, right? Or Peyton, one? Peyton one, two, two. Peyton. Eli's won two. Not very many, right? They're Mahomes not. has won two. Mahomes has now won two. Five, only five guys. I, I hate to say it, but I think Roger Staubach won more than one. I can't stand. Yeah, that's true. Joe Montana, how many? Oh, Joe Montana did, and I think Steve Young did too. Steve Young. So you have a I mean, less than ten guys that have won two Super Bowls, right? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's won more. Troy, than oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I forgot about him. Yeah. I always forget about the Dallas guys. Joe Theismann won one or no? All the all the Washington guys only won one. That was the big thing about Joe Gibbs is that he won three Super Bowls with three different with quarterbacks, three different none of which are you know none of whom were Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, Joe Theismann was very good. Doug Williams, you know, his career was resurrected with Washington and Mark Rippon, yeah. 
you know, had had one or two, had one great year and a couple of good years, but was really also kind of in more of that journeyman category. Yeah, that's interesting, what, right? Yeah. So, so, then so it's the, a small club. It's a small, it's a small club. club of people. So the the next question is, was on that last play where where James Bradbury gets called for holding? You know, I've heard I've heard so many different kind of takes on that. Do do you call it? Do you call it in the in you know at the end of the game? when you would have called it in the for, in the first quarter, or do you let them play more at the end of the game? What do you think? Well, I say you let them play, but at the same time, if they were in field goal range anyway, so it wouldn't matter, I don't think, right? Yeah, but you would have given the ball back to, to Philadelphia with a minute and 50 seconds left and, th- and yeah. three timeouts. Yeah. That's uh, or true. Two, or, yeah. or two timeouts. So, uh, you know, yeah. every... I mean, it was a hole, though. It was a hole. It was a hole. You know, yeah, so, I mean, he threw it to a spot. So he held the guy. The guy would have probably been a touchdown if he wouldn't held the maybe, possibly. You know, it's one of the things about baseball. You know, the rules don't. I guess there's you know the subjective thing is really balls and strikes. And the only time that balls and strikes seem to change, if it's kind of like the end of a, if it's like a twelve-two game, the umpire calls a lot more strikes because he wants to get the game over with. But yeah, absolutely. But the strike zone in a close game is you know is generally the same in the ninth inning as it was in the second yep. inning. That's true. Yep. So true. So I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think, think it was a good play. I, th- I think it was the right call. He was clearly held. On the other hand, I saw a picture today that showed the, the left tackle of the Chiefs on that same play with his hand up in the grill of Josh Sweat in his face mask. So, I mean, oh, they wow. could have caused, you know, they could have called it offsetting penalties and caused, uh, you know, hands to the face. So, uh, What a good Super Bowl, though, right? But, you know, I mean, think this, of it this way. Jalen Hurst guy's for real. He's for real. Think of it this way, though. The fact that the Eagles didn't win means that about 27 cars that would have been burned on Sunday night survived. So, Well, they still burned down the freaking place. You see them tearing that place up? Good God. God. It was still chaos in that city. Amazing. All right. Question number two before we get to golf. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan. Hands down. The best ever. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a Carolina guy, but Michael Jordan hands down the best. In that era... I mean, we look at the three-point air shot. Look at this. Look at yeah, it's just a different era, right? But I think Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. MJ all the way. Think, think of it this way: when you think of Michael Jordan, I mean, the, for me, there are three iconic shots that come to mind. I think Michael Jordan. I think the game-winning shot against Georgetown in the you know as a freshman in the in the NCAA in 1982 team, in 1982 broke my yeah. heart. But I, I, I was a Carolina fan. But I was Georgetown first. Broke my heart, but yep. what a shot as a freshman. I think about the Craig Elo, uh, the drive on Craig Elo to beat the Cavaliers. And I think about yep. the Byron Russell shot. Is, yep. there, is, there a single, is there a single shot you think of with LeBron James? He's great. No, I don't. He's great. He's great. I mean, every shot's about the same. He just drives and dunks the ball. I mean, that's the shot. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah. And, he's, and he's a great he's passer great. and he's a great rebounder. And again, and he does great stuff in the communities. I mean, he's a philanthropist. I like that guy. But, but, you know, give me, give me Michael Jordan's career. And, and, you know, if Michael Jordan doesn't take his time off to go play baseball, whether it was self-imposed or league imposed for gambling issues, you know, isn't Michael Jordan going to, going to have about that many points? Yeah. There's never, there's never what bet he didn't take. Right. And, and he's going to have that many points and he's probably going to have at least two more titles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I think LeBron's great. Like, I think he's a great person. I think he's a great player, 
But Michael Jordan, hands down, man, he he was amazing. At our time, during our time, that was in our heyday as kids. And we were 11 years old when he beat – I was 11 years old when he hit that shot or whatever it was. I was amazing, in, I was right? In, I was in high school. I was in high school. I think I was. I'm six years older than you, so I was. Yeah. I was in high school. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a great game. Yeah. What a, what a great, great game. what a great game. That that Carolina team had James Worthy, Sam Perkins, and Michael uh. Jordan. The most amazing thing about that team is all those guys came back the next year and they lost to Indiana in like the 16s. All Isn't those, that a great All those guys came back and they lost. And they couldn't. Do it. Well, that's almost like that Carolina team this year. All those guys make it to the championship, and that team is god-awful. But it's different, though. I mean, there you had had Sam Perkins, James Worthy, and Michael Jordan all on the same freaking team, and and with Jimmy Black and Matt Doherty. And, uh, you know, they lost to Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight was a great coach. Uh, They couldn't repeat. That's amazing with that team. Jeez. The fact they must have been preseason number one, I would assume, right? You would think so. In fact, in fact, that was two years later. I think that was two years later that that they that they lost to Indiana because that's the year Georgetown won the national championship. Yeah. Uh, amazing, amazing. Uh, but uh, all right, well let's 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 move on to golf because uh, I think everybody everybody who listens to this podcast understands that the Phoenix Open is a different tournament than any other any other pga tour event uh it's almost like for one week out of the year happy gilmore is real right yeah of course yes it is it's it's fun and it's not so fun it's funny though saturday there's like two hundred fifty thousand people out there and then sunday yeah it's you know there's still people out there but it's not it's not quite the same it's not the same, yeah. But uh, I mean, we just got to go on a Saturday once. I think that's our that's our goal. Get there on a Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Get there one day on a Saturday and come home and watch in the hotel on Sunday for the Super Bowl because it's too it's crazy. I just want to be in there utter chaos. We need to find we if anybody out there is a is like a corporate sponsor and can and could get us you know into one of those hospitality suites, uh, that would be awesome because you know. Otherwise, you got to run, right? You got to, you got to. Oh my God! You see, they open the gate so early in the morning that let the guys go. People are running like they're like hyenas, man. It's terrible. I mean, we run. I mean, we not, we don't run, but you know, for Ryder Cup, we bust our ass to try to get out there, uh, to try to get out there and get good places to stand. And we already know where we're going the day before. I mean, we already know where we scoped the place out, so we kind of know where we're going all the days, right? Yep. And it changes period from every now. And Again, but yeah, we know where we're going most of the time, so it's great. Well, uh, it was a great tournament. Twenty-three of the top twenty-four players in the world were there in terms of uh, world ranking. Who who wasn't there, by the way? You know, you know which of the top which of the top twenty-four guys wasn't there. Wow, I I can't recall. I mean, I, I most of them were there, right? I don't I don't I don't know either. But yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, what a great tournament! And I think Scotty Scheffler reminded us of how great he was, especially last year. He goes back to back. He, he wins last year and wins again in Phoenix. He spent much of last year at number one in the world. And, and uh, just like he did at Whistling Straits, he outdueled John Rahm on Saturday and Sunday to take home his first tournament title of the year and get very close to getting back to number one in the world. 
I mean, he, this guy's good. I mean, he looked Rom right in the face. He, I mean, he kind of smacked him. Rom tried to make a run at him, but hmm, Scotty Shepard didn't even look back. He just kept looking forward. What a what a good tournament. What a well played round of golf. Should I say four well rate around played rounds of golf? You know, I'm looking. I'm looking at the scores on Sunday, and uh, Scotty Scheffler and uh, Canadian Nick Taylor both shot 65. Uh, Justin, a good Tom- little player, Nick Taylor. John Justin Thompson shot 65. Patrick Rogers shot 65. Bo Hostler, Bo Hostler. Oh. Every time I see Bo Hostler, I think of of Chris Chris Berman. He's just 17. You know what I mean? What awful golf. Yeah. Dancing. Awful, awful. He's going to win one of these days. Bo Hostler, 63. Uh, he had the best round of the day, but there are a couple other 65s, but that's tied for the second best round of the day. And you start wow. from the lead. Uh, wow. So great playing by Nick Taylor. Did you know, I didn't know before this term that Nick Taylor was once the number one ranked amateur in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember that, but I heard it on, they were, they said it the other day. He's number one amateur in the world. He's Canadian, right? Canadian. Wow. Number one amateur. Right? He's a good golfer. Yeah. So Scotty Scheffler yeah. wins, and this is one of those elevated events. So he won three million six hundred thousand dollars, and I happen to know from watching that uh, Netflix show that that that's about a million more than Justin Thomas uh, won for winning the PGA last year. That's right. Jeez, it's elevated event. Elevated. I mean, I was I was looking the other day at uh, I just took a snapshot. They they posted something about John Rom, and I mean John Rom. Look at it. Listen to these numbers, Rich. PGA per career earnings forty one million uh, per event three hundred fifteen million per round eighty two thousand per hole forty five sixty nine isn't that amazing? It's pretty amazing. But then think of it this way: How many years has John Rom been on tour? John Rom has been on, been on like five. Think, let's say let's say yeah. he's been on tour for five years. So that's eight million dollars yeah. a year. Now, granted, it's going up, but what does eight million dollars get you in the NBA? Uh, that's, uh, that's a backup, that you're you're a backup you're a backup guard. player you're a backup yeah. point guard i think the blazers signed gary payton you know gary payton the third gary payton Jr. to a four-year 32 million dollar contract and and he was a backup traded for second round yeah. draft picks back to the warriors so isn't that amazing so eight million gets you that you know i have to say that although golf doesn't have the ratings say of football or or maybe basketball the targeted ratings of golf in other words the ratings for people with money in their 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s, men with money, are pretty darn good. And, you know, I do think that the best golfers in the world should be making 15 to $20 million a year. I think they're worth it. Uh, yeah, I and, agree. And, you know, I don't think they should be making as much money as a, as a fourth starter in the, in the major leagues or, or a backup point guard. Uh, yeah. Or, or you know, or a you know left guard in the NFL. I think they should be the best players should be making more money. Uh, I so, totally agree. So anyway, just just uh, just my two cents. Uh, John Rom did finish third, and then Justin Thomas again with a sixty-five goes into fourth. Jason Day, good to see Jason Day playing well again, and good to see Ricky Fowler playing well again. Those are two guys that everybody loves, Jason Day and Ricky Fowler, and they've kind of been down. They both have good tournaments. Jason Day, fifth, and, and Ricky Fowler tied 10th. Sam Burns, a good tournament, tied sixth with Sunjay M and, and Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth, I, I, you know, 
Everybody said, you know, he's the best putter in the world at times. And he's the worst putter on tour at times. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get him either. I don't know what's going on there. And Xander Schauffele is another one. Xander Schauffele was was in the lead on what, on Saturday, and then just start, started missing four footers. Yeah, I don't. What, yeah, what happened? Yeah, I mean that guy was close to lead. Did he even finish in the top ten? Uh, he finished tied tenth with Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Adam Hadwin. Interesting. Got to see Ricky Fowler playing better too. He, he got a hole in Swing one. Swing was good. He got, he got a, a hole in one. He got a hole yeah. In one. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. This. Uh, I mean, I think I love this tournament. I think it's good, and I love when the. It's, I love this elevated uh, event. But Rich, I got. I, I want to ask you a question. I know we're going to finish this up, but I want to ask you a question. Elevated events on the West Coast. Do you think they should alternate those elevated events? What do you think they should do for the West Coast? Should Pebble be alternate an uh, uh, elevated event one year? Should San Diego be an alternate event, uh, an elevated event? Should Tigers turn to be an elevated event? What are your thoughts on that? So, so Stacy, that is a, that is a great question. That is that's an awesome question, and I guess the answer comes with the sponsorship. You know, the elevated events require extra money, right? So, if I'm AT and T, and I and I and I uh, uh, am the sponsor for Pebble. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if the PGA Tour comes to me and says, hey, you know, we'd like to have you be an elevated event once every, you know, three years. Will you put up in that third year an extra $3 million? It's going to cost you or $4 million or whatever it is. It's going to cost you extra, but you're going to get a lot more top players there. And therefore, the ratings are going to be better. And, and you know, your sponsorship will get more bang for the buck. I, Makes perfect sense to me. Now, there's some tournaments that probably shouldn't be elevated events. You know, the opposite field events and and the ones yeah. that you know the the uh, uh, the wraparound season like, events. And you know, yeah. I, I don't mean to disparage, but like the the events in Detroit and Minneapolis. But but the traditional, longstanding PGA Tour events, something like the Travelers in Hartford, which has been on the schedule forever, the Canadian Open. Which has yeah. been on the schedule forever. Yeah, I think those those tournaments should all have the opportunity to have an elevated field because I think unfortunately what you're going to see as you get more of these elevated field events is a lot of the best players are going to really pick and choose other than the ones that have big paid paydays. Yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, I think you do have to get you know the best players coming every couple of years to the Canadian Open or coming yeah. to the Travelers or you know coming to the Honda. Um, so anyway, I agree with you. I think it's a great idea. I mean, yeah, I, I think they got to alternate. I think they got to make San Diego that that that's a great tough course. It's got to be elevated. That Tigers event's an invitation, right? Right. Is that still an invitational? So that's they're not going to make that an elevated event, right? I doubt it. But yeah, so the, I think there's two. They should have West on the, on the West Coast wing. I saw something today, though. Maybe it's not because I saw something today from Thomas Peters. Did you see Thomas Peters' tweet? Well, Thomas, uh, he Thomas, was in the tournament. He got in the tournament. No, Thomas Peters was saying, "I'm number 34 in the world right now." Although I'm not so sure Thomas Peters deserves to be number 34 in the world, but that's another story. Uh, he said, "I'm 34 in the world, and I wanted to play in my favorite PGA Tour event at the LA Open, and I couldn't get an invitation uh, from the PGA Tour." And you'd think that if Thomas Peters really wanted to play, he could reach out to Tiger's people and say, "Hey, I'd like to come over and play in this event." 
Can, you know, yeah. can you make a spot? For I mean, him? he needs to play in these events because he's Ryder Cup points too. Right? I mean, these big tournaments like this is good for him. Right. Well, just uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do the bottom five. I'm just gonna do some of the guys yeah. who missed the cut. Uh, okay, cool. Because this was it was a tough tournament and uh, a great field. So among the guys who missed the cut with you know Ryder and Presidents Cup experience, Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Ryan Moore. Uh, let's see, Chris Kirk, who's in Ryder Cup position right now. Let's Colin Morikawa didn't sniff the cut. Tom Hoagie, who's in Ryder Cup position. And uh, let's see. Anyone else? Christian Bazudenhoyd, who played in the in the President's Cup. Kevin Kisner, Shane Lowry, Harris English, uh, Jimmy Walker. All those guys missed the cut. Wow. I mean, that's interesting. There's some good players that missed the cut. Colomar Call, I, don't, his, I mean, he's a head case now, I think, after that loss. You know, after losing a big lead and not being able to close the door, he might become a head case. I hope not. Uh, we, good kid. We hope not because he's a good kid and a good player. But, yeah. But that was a good tournament. That's one of my favorite tournaments. But, yeah, uh, Rich, thanks for covering that. But now, congratulations to Scotty Shepler for winning. He's a good player. He's, he, he, he's, he's going to be a top rider cupper. We, we love Scotty Shepler. But let's get down to the bottom five. Your man, Jim Herman. Jim Herman. Uh, friend, came in, friend, uh, of, friend of uh, Donald Trump. Never. He's never Trumper, huh? A, uh, he came in that he could, <laughs> he's, he's never Trump. Jim, Jim Herman was club pro at one of the Trump courses, or an assistant that's club right. pro at one of the Trump courses. So they they they're buddies. They play together. Yep, that's right. Oh God, so, I can only play with him. So Jim Herman came in last place, sixty six wow. plus eight for the tournament. Uh, Stuart Sink, hey Stewie, came in at uh, he was sixty fifth, uh, tied for uh, plus seven. Cameron Young plus. Five. Wow. Yeah, Still low sixty four. Has not been playing well this year so far. Yeah, he well, he went over to Saudi and he got some got some bad air or something, bad food in him or something. And then Kelly Kraft, uh, plus four for the tournament. Uh then you had Nate Lashley, who's uh, an interesting story, Nate Lashley. Wasn't it, he's the guy whose fam whose girlfriend and dad, the mom died in the plane crash, that's, right? That's right. Yeah, Nate Lashley plus one in sixty first place, and then Trey Mullinex plus one. Uh Tied with Nate Lashley for sixty-first. Uh, so those are the bottom five. We gave you six, so those are the bottom six this year, this uh, week at uh, the Phoenix Ways Hamilton Open. And next week, as we said, it's the LA Open, and uh, one of my favorite courses, one of my favorite tournaments to go. To. One year we got to go to that tournament, Rich. It, I, I, it's just one of my favorite well, big well, we old gotta, courses. What we need to do is just all, all for me, all I have to do is plan about three months in advance. If I can plan three months in advance. We need to cover the West Coast Wings one. We got to go to like, we don't got to go to the desert. That's a waste. But we need to go to uh, State Farm and we need to go to LA. That's, I mean, I guess we could, and we need to go to Waste Management. Those are the three we really need to go yeah, those to. Are great, those are great tournaments. And yeah, this, those, this is, of and, course, Tiger's never never won on this on this course, even though it's his, his, his tournament. He's never really played yeah. that well there. But maybe maybe it's a better course for him now, you know, when he's not a bomber anymore. Uh, I think so. Yep. So, so it'll be. That was the first tournament he was in as an amateur. Invited to as an amateur, yeah. right? Was this yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. La Open. I used to go there every year when I lived in LA with my dad, my mom and dad, and I would go there every year, and we just loved it. It's just, just a beautiful place. The course is spread out, and it's just in a great neighborhood. And yeah, I love that course, and I love that tournament. Every time, every time uh, 
I, I watch this event or curb your enthusiasm. I kind of think of it time, side by side because I think like Larry David is like I think I think the the club that they that they uh, play at on curb your enthusiasm reminds me of uh, the LA Open. Oh really? <laughs> That's funny. Well, there's OJ's course. Well, not OJ, exactly. it's OJ's course too. Yeah, I try to put OJ yeah. out of mind. They keep him out. Yeah, he All right. No. Well, uh, there were a couple other tournaments. Uh, the yeah, DP, the DP tour was in Singapore, and the Asian tour again had all these live players playing in the Asian in in the Asian tour event again. I don't understand. Hey. I don't understand it. I don't get Phil. Phil hasn't played any tournament. He's done, huh? He was I in saw a, that stupid you, live commercial. Did you see the commercial? We got to play. The, I did. I'm going to play the commercial later on. It's so cringeworthy. It's awful. I mean, the it's cute awful. little girls come. The cute little girls up what there. Team? They have field and. What? What team yeah. should I follow? Which will be my favorite team in live? Wah. Yeah, I know. And then you have Sergio talking about this. Oh, what a mess. Well, but I mean, there's some good tournaments this weekend in Europe. You know, I, I mean, I didn't watch any of that Asian tour. I mean, I didn't watch, I watched the Singapore Classic, but I didn't watch the live tour. Well, it wasn't on. Where the live tour guys are playing. It wasn't on anywhere. But, uh, yeah. you know, the DP tournament suffered because of all the guys who were playing in the Asian tour event. The live guys who had been playing on the DP tour went to the live tour or went to the Asian tour. And a lot of the you know best players in the world were in Phoenix. Uh, yeah. but, but the winner was the South African Aki Stridham. Aki Stridham, what a name. South African. You know, when, Aki Stridham. when, when, uh, when, uh, my ex-wife and I were first like having kids, and I think I think she was pregnant with Sanders. Uh, we had just gotten back from England, where I spent a year of my training, and you know when I was in England, you couldn't watch like regular sports. You had to watch what was on in England, and one of the sports that was on all the time was cricket, and I learned to watch cricket. And so one of the one of the top cricket teams was from South Africa, and I remember one of the guys' names was Jonty Rhodes. And another guy's name was Hanshi Kronia. And I remember just, wow. just saying to, to, to Angela, my ex-wife, I wanted to name Sanders, my first son, Jaunty. And she, and she would look at me like I was nuts. And I was, of course, kidding. But South Africans, these, the Boers, they have some great names. Aki Stridham. Aki Stridham. That, kid, that guy's made for stardom, right? I mean, Aki Stridham, 19 under. South Aki, Africa. Aki Stridham sounds like a second baseman from the twenties. It from really, the 1920s. really does. Yeah. Oh my boys! How can I get my Aki? Fred, Fred, Fred Merkel. Fred Merkel hits a ground ball yeah. to Aki Stridham, who hits. Yeah. Three finger huh? brown, who hits three finger brown in stride. Yeah, it's amazing, huh? And then you got the Sammy Balamaki. He's Sammy a Finnish guy that finished. Sammy Valamaki, he's a Finnish guy that finished at 18 under. Wow. And, and you had Wang Jin Hun finishing at, what, 13 under? 15 under. And then you had uh, Alejandro Del Rey. He's a, he's an interesting guy. He went to ASU. He was the world amateur champion in 2018. But I don't, is he playing on the DP Tour full time? He's not a live guy. Nope, not a live guy. Uh, Alejandro Del Rey. But you really, I mean, in this but, tournament, you have to go down a fair bit to find guys who are even like in the top 20 
in in the Ryder Cup standings. I mean, you know, the yeah, first- Marcel Snyder. What's he? He's a German. He was finished at third, type of thirties. He, he's nowhere on the list as well, right? No, the first guy I see who's you know kind of a Ryder Cup contender is Jordan Smith, who ties seventeenth with former Ryder Cupper Andy Sol- uh, Andy Sullivan. But you know, it's just it's you know not a great field as I mean, D- as DP as DP uh, World Tour fields go. Don't you think like some? I mean. Maybe what the DP World Tour should do, and when they have these elevated events on the PGA Tour, they should highly encourage their guy. We should expand the field and have their the best players on the DP Tour come over here and play invitation, come out to go and play the elevated events. Because then you get the best guys on the DP Tour coming to play in the state, and then not have these Singapore Open and all. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And like, then and then have, gotta, and then have like the Joel Dommans and Benny Ons of the world say, hey. You know, you didn't make it in the field this week because we invited these DP. Go play in Singapore. You'll make some money, and it'll be cool. You'll have fun. Yeah, like, I think they got to do something different. Like, the DP, get the best players to play in these elevated events. Maybe have a little more elevated, a few more elevated events, and have the best players in the DP tour. Or maybe not even have the Singapore class. Move it a different week when we have the, well, whatever tournament we have here. When we have the uh, American Express or something, you know? Maybe that's what they should do. That might be a better, you get a better field, more challenging field. You give the European DP to a player a good chance, the, the up-and-comers or, you know, their top 20 players a good chance to get into a good tournament and play on some good American courses here. I think that might be a good idea. Maybe they should consider doing that. Well, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the... Uh results from the from the asian tour from from last week the problem is they're already playing uh they're already playing so the scores that come up are actually scores from this week but oh really uh the the tournament last week was well uh but the i the i Muj golf classic and hold on here the winner was Takumi Kanaya, a Japanese golfer at 10 under par. Uh, he beats Barry Henson, an American, and Saddam Kawajama, who's on the live tour, uh, at six under par. And then, you know, looking down the leaderboard, Joaquin Neiman and Sergio Garcia tie for fifth. These guys made $74,000. With all the money they got wow. from live, they're playing for $74,000. And then other live guys in seventh, Andy Ogletree, uh, Matt Jones, uh, Mito Pereira tied for 11th. Uh, you know, Stacey, I don't get it. I don't get why these guys who got these huge contracts, uh, Eugenio Chikara played, made $18,000 for finishing 24th. I mean, are they just planning to get ready for the season? I mean, is this tune-up for the stuff? Know. Is that why? Graham McDowell finishes tied 36 and makes $12,800. I, I mean, if you're I, a caddy, you're going to get $1,200. That doesn't if you that hit that. pays pays your plane fare, right? Carlos Ortiz. I mean, I would. Yeah. Carlos Ortiz, another live guy, ten thousand dollars. I mean, the caddy gets a thousand dollars. I mean, he can't even fly there from where where he's coming from for a thousand dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. But the Japanese player that won, Rich, he's a really studly guy. I mean, he's won the Japanese amateur. He's a good, good little player, that kid who won. So. Oh, my God. I'm looking at guys who didn't make the cut. I didn't see this before. Brooks Kepka played and and shot eight over par, missed the cut wow. with Peter Uline, also at eight over par. Louis Oosthuizen, eight over par, missed the cut. 
Charles Schwartzel, nine over par, missed the cut. These guys are bitching because they're not in the world, in the, in the official golf rankings, in the top 100 anymore. You know, they suck. I mean, I think those guys, if they were playing a PGA Tour, they wouldn't even make any money because they wouldn't even make the cut. It, it's amazing. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think maybe that's good. Thank God live. I mean, I don't know how this live's going to sustain it. They, they lo- they're losing money. They're just bleeding money. Well, Thank a, God they have a lot of money, but how long do they? How long do you keep throwing money at a uh, sinking ship? There was there was something that came up that said that the Live Tour had no income, and they're not making anything yeah. from from their from their TV deal. With you know their TV deal is is given is giving it away. And, and I don't even trust those Saudi guys. I mean, shit, they might pull the rug around that thing right away. Yeah. I mean, they're not. They got a lot of money, but shit, they still care about money. I'm sure, right? All right, hold on. This is this is the live commercial. Gotta listen to this. Okay. Why support the high flyers? Right? Well, don't forget the fireballs. They're the most passionate, best looking guys in the league. With the range goats, there's more than one way to look good. Range goats? No one puts his hours like us. Majestics? It's the vibes that everyone wants to have. Unlike those pants. Go ahead. This thing is too. I think Cameron Smith is the is the Australian Dustin Johnson. Have have either of them ever had an interesting comment in their lives? I don't think so, right? So boring. What a stupid commercial. What are they doing? I, I don't know. They're trying to I mean, aren't to, they gonna be on the CW? They're trying to push this team concept, Stacey, and I don't think anybody really cares. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody's individual out there. It's all. It's always been an individual sport. It's the only team sports we have are two times a year. Two times every other, two times, two times a year, right? Or whatever. Every other year. We have the uh, the, the Ryder Cup, and then we have the President's Cup. Those are the team sports that we have. And they have one tournament where you guys team up together, and that's it. That's what golf's all about. I saw that the, I saw today, big news, the four aces tr- uh, lost Taylor Gooch, who went to play, who's going to play for somebody else's team. And, oh, and they, oh! So he left the team, huh? He left the 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 winning Patrick Reed and and Dustin Johnson and Pat Perez team, and they got oh. somebody less good. I can't remember who it was to join that team. Interesting. I bet uh, Pat Perez was like, "I'm not going anywhere." Now they're not going to win me money this year. He's probably going to be out of there. Yeah. Wow! They got he left the four aces. I wonder where he's going. Uh, let, let me let me see. I don't. Pat, so Taylor Gooch left the four aces. Um, Did he leave or get see. asked to leave? Oh, Peter Uline joined the four aces. Oh, wow. I think they're just trying to even it up because Peter Uline kind of sucks compared to Taylor Gooch. But yeah, and then so so Taylor Gooch is going to go join Kepka's team, probably. Yeah, one of those one of those teams. Oh, okay. One, one of those. What a other, mess. One of those other teams. Uh, what a mess of a turn. What, what a, a mess. What, what a, a mess. what a mess. How meaningless. What a well, 
we're going to talk. We're, we're going to finish up the show today talking about Netflix, the Netflix full swing docu series. And I don't know about you, Stacy. I was really excited to see this because the press that came on in advance of this first episode was, you know, you're going to see all this conflict between between the live players and and the and the PGA players because in the middle of this, you know, the the, the live players. Are, are leaving and there's rumors and this is going to be great drama, these guys at each other's throats. And I don't know about you, but the first episode to me was really kind of boring and disappointing. So, so fr- I agree. Frame, frame, frame it for everybody. Frame, what did they talk about? It was called Frenemies was the title of, of the first of the first. Yeah, of I mean, Frenemies, the only thing was I mean, how it started, it started Justin Thomas and, um, and Jordan speak. They've been friends. They, they've been friends since they were young kids playing together. They had these cute pictures of them. They had them flying around on private jets to go practice for the PGA championship. They had them gambling the cards on the plane, playing $200 a hole. I mean, and then I guess the frenemies, they're friends, but then they want to beat each other. And then they interview Ricky Fowler about how much he wants to beat all of them and how it ticks him off when he's not playing well, whatever. So that's kind of how this played out. But it was just showing a bunch of guy, rich guys flying around in jets and playing playing $200 with birdie and car games at $100,000. And then one of the guys, Justin Thomas, went into CVS and his card, when he didn't know how to a, a paper uh, his uh, medication allergy. with a credit card. He needed allergy medicine. And the other thing, allergy medication. And the other thing that's weird is, you know, when usually, you know, when you do a docu, when you do a docu series, you kind of go chronologically for the most part. So yeah. they showed, first of all, now I understand why they have to assume that they're going to have viewers who don't know anything about golf, but they're, you know, saying if you if you make one too many shots on a hole, it's called a bogey. Uh, and then they they have somehow Amanda, you know, Balionis Renner you know, basically translating golf for idiots, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I felt yeah. sorry for her because basically she was in the role of explaining things that anybody who's ever watched a golf tournament or has ever played a round of golf understands implicitly. And she's there explaining it, you know, like like uh, uh, like a remedial teacher, right? I felt and sorry. I have a feeling that people are going to watch this show. I mean, I think if you're a golf fan, you'll watch it. You think you're getting too many tennis fans watching this, or laymen, like lay people watching this, uh, this if well, they're not golf fans. I think. The problem, I mean, they might tune in for like two seconds, and they're like, "This is boring as hell." I think the problem is that if you're a golf fan, you're like, "This is stupid." I already knew all this stuff about. I knew who won these tournaments. I already knew all this stuff about Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, and I already knew these guys are all friends on the outside, and they all gamble and blah 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 blah. Nothing. I learned nothing. From this week's show, uh, yeah. And if you're not I, I, a golf, yeah. and if you're not a golf fan, is there a single golfer who's interesting enough to carry the show? I, I mean, you I know, yeah. If if they if they centered the whole thing around Ian Poulter, who I think is a pretty interesting fellow, yeah, and yeah. is entertaining and funny. So if they centered it around Ian Poulter, yeah, maybe non-golf people would be interested. But I don't think there was anything remotely interesting about either Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth. And they I just mean, you and, have to face it. These are upper middle class white men that are playing a sport for millions of dollars, and no one kind of knows who they are sometimes, unless you're an avid sports, uh, avid sports fan or golf fan, right? Yeah. So I think you lose a lot of people. 
Well, I mean, I, even Tiger Woods is a boring guy. I mean, you want to talk to Tiger for an hour? No. No, I mean, think about who who is interesting in the world of golf right now. Um, I think Max Homa is pretty interesting. He, he yeah. you know, Max Homa is pretty interesting. I, I, again, I, I'm not happy that Ian Poulter went to live, but Ian Poulter is an interesting guy. He's yeah. always been willing. He really to, is. He's always been willing to say things that are controversial, and he's funny. And even when he's in commercials, he's funny. He, you know, he's natural. Yeah, I uh, agree. I mean, nobody, I mean, I don't know if there's one guy who would want to sit on an interview in the golf, uh, I mean, me as a golf fan, yes, I like to interview guys or add a golfer, yes. But if you're American, if you're like a typical American tuning in the television or whatever, or European or what, you might be like, this is kind of stupid. Well, I got to hope it gets better. Now, they showed, uh, basically, all they showed in terms of golf was they showed Jordan Spieth winning the, uh, the heritage, RBC, the, R- right? the RBC yeah. heritage, and they showed Justin Thomas winning the PGA. They said precious little about Mito Pereira, precious little about Will Zalatoris, and and really, you know, most of their airtime, other than Jordan Spieth and and uh, and uh, Justin Thomas, was Justin Thomas's family. For some reason, they weren't interested in Jordan Spieth's family, which is actually oh. interesting because Jordan Spieth has. You know, a brother who played basketball and and his sister, special needs sister, right? Special needs sister. Maybe they just maybe you know they weren't interested. The family wasn't interested, but you know, Mike Thomas was on there a lot. Uh, Justin yeah. Thomas's family was on there a lot. Uh, I didn't. Did you know Justin Thomas was engaged? I didn't know he was engaged. Yeah, uh, I knew he was engaged. I, I guess the wet. When's the wedding? Is it happening or did it happen already? I, I have no idea. Well, they said Jordan Spieth was his best man. So I, I that was assume, kind of a setup to how they say, hey, what do you call him? Oh, this is, this is, uh, uh, yeah. Steve called, Jordan called me right now. That was He's, kind of a bad setup. Yeah. Uh, I just, I but just, I, ho- I, yeah, I got to hope that they do more on the live tour coming up. And, and, uh, I mean, that's the most exciting thing is that's what's going to the live tour. That's what you want to cover. I mean, I don't want to see Justin. I, I know who won that PGA championship, who shouldn't have won, who should have won was Mito Pereira. If he didn't hit the ball, I mean, he had to hit a, he had to hit a seven iron down there and won that damn tournament, yep. you know? Yeah, so we'll see. I hope it gets better, but I'm not tuning in. I'm going to tune in next week, but it better get better, I tell you that much. We, 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 our plan was to do this once a week for you guys and to kind of and kind of discuss it. But, yeah, you're right. If it doesn't get better, we may uh, we may jettison yeah. those plans. Talk more Ryder Cup. Coming. All right. Anything else? Anything else for this week? No, that's it, man. All right. Well, next Good week, week, next week we'll be back and uh, – you know, maybe we'll have uh, maybe we'll have a great performance by Ty. I I hope so. I mean, if he makes the cut, that's good for him. If he gets close to making the cut, that's good for Ty. He hasn't played in months. Yeah. All right. He well, should let Charlie hit. They should they should let they should say, okay, Ty, we're gonna let you in the tournament, but you're gonna have alternate shot with you and Charlie and see how you guys play against the field. That would. Be and funny. we're gonna give you a cart. That that's what they should do to make it interesting. That would that would be funny. All right. That would be funny. All right. So uh, we'll we'll be back uh, next week to uh, to talk to you. Everybody have a great week, and I'm going to take you out with, I think one of my very very favorite favorite songs by David Bowie. Oh, I love.
she's hooked to the silver screen. But the film is a sad call. Though she's spent it ten times or more. She could spend till the eyes of fools. Cause they ask her to focus on the same rules. Winding in the dance wall. Oh man, look at those kids. Just a light on 